I was a bouncing and a laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we'd just hang on. But I can't recall a time. I'm Stuart Friesen, and you're listening to the Always Race Day podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 64 of the Always Race Day podcast. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Damon Helgevald, and as always, we're presented by the Carl Auto Group. Uh, if you need a car, if you need yourself something to get you from where you're at to where you're not at and where you need to be, call the Carl Auto Group. I'm sure they can help you out. And they still haven't fulfilled my wishes in the city of West Des Moines to make ATVs street legal yet. I wish they would. It'd be so much cooler if everyone was just driving ATVs around. And I can't imagine how unified our society would be. I just saw TikTok, Damon, about uh, this place in Fairbanks, Alaska, where the tundra is too soft. So they just built decks along all the houses, but they all just drive ATVs up and down. It's like little ATV roads. Sounds awesome. Right. Sounds like a place I need to be. I, you know, I got to go visit there and it's probably like the least, like there, you're going to visit there yeah. to see the sunset and meet two people that live there that like to drink beer. And that's going to be your vacation. No, my vacation is going to drive ATVs and, and snowmobiles on the side of hills. That's fair. I think that part specifically you can't though. That's why there's a deck. That's what I'm saying. And then on the decks. <laughs> We have uh, a lot to catch up on. We didn't do a midweek podcast and there's probably, I mean, we, if we just did one on the Kings Royal and the two races on Sunday, we might be scratching at the bit for things to talk about, but I think there's still a lot. Um, so I think we're, we're going to start dirt. We're going to start with the Kings Royal and we'll just work our way back and we'll talk about everything and mix it all in and we'll figure it out. But uh, if you ask anyone from Pennsylvania, uh, if a driver's born in Pennsylvania, they're automatically the best on the track in anything they do. <laughs> As is the case anytime you get a big win. Brent Marks uh, swept the weekend of the big events. Um, Eldora's format is one, it's a one-day show. Uh, I think it robs fans of what makes a big event. I completely disagree with how they do it. Uh, Roger Slack was on Twitter with us, um, saying that everyone has their own unique way of doing things. And I agree, but just cause it's unique doesn't make it good. Uh, but Brent Marks was able to take home both the historical big one, uh, and the Kings Royal, which no matter which way you slice it, very, very impressive. It's still impressive to win those races. It'd be more impressive if the format was better. He is the, uh, six figure man. I tell yeah, you what, dude. I six mean, six-figure man. Uh, format or not, that uh, it was still an impressive showing from. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not, Marks. I'm not at all trying to say the format handed them the win. That's. I was just mixing my thoughts up, right. and we got a lot to get to, so I didn't want to make it two different things. Yeah, no, it uh, it certainly was the 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 format itself. It, yeah, I mean neither here nor there in my opinion you're you're more the the format extraordinaire where you, you want it to be perfect every single time that should uh, i should like but, lower my expectations a little bit you're absolutely right you really should you really should lower expectations you got to remember racing was started because of moonshining so let's be quite honest here your expectations need to be lower exactly the more math i do with moonshine in me the worse it gets yep yep 
Okay, that works too. That works <laughs> as well. Um, but overall, uh, pretty impressive showing from Marks, man. The guy's been red hot all year um, and has shown here recently that he's probably the the quickest uh, sprint car driver on the planet, the way it's, it's going. And, uh, man, he has been – He's been tough to beat. Doesn't matter what race, what series, what event, where it's at. He's he's tough to beat. And oh, by the way, aren't the next few stops in Pennsylvania for the Outlaws? Yeah, they're uh, they're at Port Royal, my favorite damn racetrack up there on Wednesday. It is. It is their first of seventeen trips, right? If you're if you're from Pennsylvania too, uh, I want to I want to talk to the promoters up there, or let me know what your guys' thoughts of them are at Port Royal. I've heard good things. Uh, but I don't know if they were speaking in generosities or if the good things came out because they were trashing on Williams Grove at the same time. So, but from comments and stuff I've read online, uh, most people that I've heard of talking about Port Royal will mention the promoters on the side on top of the good racing it always delivers. So, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah there's not a whole lot you can complain about on the Port Royal side. Let me uh, plug our shirts too, because uh, well, I'll connect them. Um, guys that run national open schedules that go out and kick ass when Eldora comes. The past two years, like, all right, Jonathan Davenport's not on a national schedule, but I was going to mention Brandon Overton. Obviously, he has hasn't done quite as well this year. Uh, the last year, right. sweeping double dream week, and then I think he got one of the worlds right. I believe so. I think that's how it went. Um, yeah. And then Brent Marks doing this. Like, it's crazy because these guys, like, they're in the conversation, but when they're not there every week, you kind of forget about them. Um, not, mm-hmm. not in the essence of you forget they're driving or winning things, but you forget that they're, like, as big of a threat as they are. I had to remind myself that he won the historical big one on Saturday. I was like, he's starting sixth. Like, yeah, and that happened – and that happened what, two days prior. Yeah, two days before that. So, I mean, it's it's just yeah. crazy. And they know what they're doing. They know where they're going. They know what shows it makes sense to go to. And on the sprint car side, they all hit the big ones, and there's multiple ones every year. So I like how they're doing it on the sprint car side. And we'll get into uh, the news from the week, too, with that. So um, I was going to ask you a question before we moved on. Obviously, we're getting set to move into the month of August here in about a week or so now. But does does Mark's showing at Eldora put him as one of your top five favorites going into Knoxville? I, yeah, I was going to say he like moves up my list. I think we should just get together and do a list, and we'll do a blog this week. I think we could put our own list together and they'd be either really close or really far off. That's what I'm saying. I want to sit down and think about it. My favorite's still Larson. So yeah, tough to, yeah. Anyway, no, you're good. I hope that was controversial for the listener. I hope he's, he was fuming in the car for the uh, spacious, like one and a half seconds. I stayed quiet there. I'm going to tell you, he's going to be at the top of my list, whether or not. Yeah, no, he'll, I, I think we're both, we're both going to have Larson. So we've already taken the clickbait out of the story, but that's all right. You guys can, uh, we got new shirts. We got, other clickbait. We got right. other clickbait stuff that goes in there. 
we got uh we got new shirts up we got a line of t-shirts uh partnering with raygun um they're on our twitter they're the pin tweet they're on facebook uh i believe the link's actually easy hold on yeah the link is just uh raygun slash collection slash collections slash always race day so easy enough to remember uh but it'll be attached to our website and stuff we have shirts that just say it's always race day uh is this heaven no it's knoxville uh and then probably my two personal favorites uh just one that says late models suck and a, a nicer one that just says race cars have fenders so uh we're gonna be doing more more than that we just wanted to roll out eight uh decent ones and um you know support us if you guys like what we do here uh please consider buying a shirt if you're able uh, i'd love to be able to and we'll probably do giveaways at some point and stuff but chris put a lot of money uh into this site and investing on it and we have uh expenses that we got to cover as well so if you enjoy what we do please uh please go out and buy a shirt please just it's always race day is like my favorite thing to say so i'm just gonna go order three of them i obviously i don't know if i pay for them or not but we'll we'll work that out later you guys go out and buy a shirt if you well, so who who approved of these of these designs i must ask it's just between because Chris texted me one day and said, do you like these? And I said, yes, uh, I would rather them be not on gray. Uh, and he said, I like the gray and some are gray and some are like dark gray. I like the gray personally. Okay, good. Um, but I would have texted you and I just didn't even think about it. Cause I was on the run. Well, no, it's not even that. I just didn't figure Chris would put late models suck as one of the t-shirt options. That is the most popular question I've gotten. It was his idea. I said, we, if we have it say late models suck, I said the back should say like real cars have a wing. No. Like with a big yeah. spill car on it. Like, I don't know. I don't know if like the t-shirt saying late models suck, not sitting next to the late model one. I, you know? I mean, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there i had to had to see who approved of these before before they went to the the print shop because let's be quite honest you know chris chris's background does not involve a wing i'm waiting for a text from ricky weiss questioning my fandom oh i bet he is he's trying to figure out a strongly worded text to you. i think he i think he left me on red but i have an android so i don't have the social anxiety of knowing take that iphone users that must stink. Okay. Hey, okay. could have been could have been an accident, but you don't know. You just got the social anxiety from knowing about it. I just have you know great service, and I have products that don't quit working on me. Okay. Well, usually that's because I like throw mine off a tree or something on accident. So to get just, back. You know, <laughs> To get back uh, onto the course here, back onto the fairway, uh, 
between late models and sprint cars late model side of things has a pretty cool thing called the uh flow racing night in america tour um but kyle larson and brad sweet are changing that for sprint cars next year they're gonna have something that looks kind of like the same thing it's gonna be 12 races midweek shows um i believe twenty three thousand to win every race except two of them are gonna be 50k um so that already like jumps those uh those two races up the list of the highest paying sprint car races of the year and that is very valuable and very cool um but especially just start with that you know yeah i'm i'm excited about it um i'm looking forward to seeing a similar similar setting and more importantly i'm i'm looking forward to seeing who shows up because uh big money races draw big money names and i'm i'm curious to see who's willing to show up and uh willing to willing to haul a little bit do we know any other details other than what it is to win do we know what you know like what it would be to start i believe they said 2000 to start I just wanted to make sure, you know, it's like a worthwhile deal. And just to put it into perspective, those two $50,000 to win races this season, I'm not talking about next year, but this season would be the eighth and ninth highest paying sprint car races in the nation. Yeah, exactly. So So that's cool. I believe it said 2000. It might be one. I thought I read the number somewhere and I don't know for sure. So I don't want to, don't call me on it. And then, uh, yeah, big, big week of news for Kyle Larson off the track. I know he, he had solid runs, but he didn't really, uh, he won the Doty, which was big. Uh, and then the day after this came out with the Brad sweet thing. And then also, uh, he's quoted in a story from racing America. My buddy, Matt Weaver wrote it and reported on it, but Kyle Larson says, as of right now, he will not be racing the chili bowl, uh, because of the purse money issues. I want to know what you thought of that uh, before I said anything, Damon. Emmett Hahn came in with some really, I would say, aggressive quotes reading them. Um, I don't, yeah, I I think that's a factual statement. He could be a smoother talker. I've never talked to him myself, but the quotes in that Racing America story on why Larson isn't running the Chili Bowl, uh, but from his reactions to hearing that super aggressive. And I'm just, I, I know the people that already know him, like are already on his side and I'm not trying to take a side here, but it's like very easy to come off looking like a douche when you're reading it. That's just what I took from it. I was like, this guy's being very offensive here, not offensive, like offending somebody but very like yeah aggressive in pushing rather than defending and pushing back right yeah um it's it's interesting um you know and and we've kind of we kind of had some some messaging back and forth and then we we kind of talked about it as well but um i i find it not surprising from a business standpoint. 
because you've got all these teams that go and fork out a lot of money for their, you know, what we David, you cut out a little bit there. Hold on, you're back. Yeah. Say that again. Keep cutting in and out on You're good. I'll cut uh, it. From where? From where? I just repeat the whole thing. Okay. Um, it's it's interesting to look at and you know you and i had conversations about this as as it was happening through text message and then uh we talked a little bit later on in the week about you know some different different things involving it but from a business standpoint this doesn't surprise me one bit for the simple fact of the uh you know these, these teams bring a lot of cars to the show and bring a lot of cars to Tulsa and, and spend a lot of money to be there on a regular basis. So um, I'm, I'm not surprised from a business standpoint that this is happening because let's be quite honest, you take 10 cars there hoping one of yours wins and that win is still not going to cover um all your expenses throughout. I would say most people that take cars to Tulsa are, are losing money off of the trip. Yeah. So to put it in perspective, I did a little bit of number crunching. I wouldn't call it extensive research, uh, but some estimative, you know, reading tweets from other car owners and stuff like that. Uh, but from what it costs to, take a team down there and what you're spending on hotel and travel and everything by the end of the week, the only lucrative business model to take into the chili bowl to come out with money uh, and to come out profitable is to take two cars down there, have one of them win and the other finish in the top five. Yeah. So Kyle Larson was, Kyle Larson was time, close with Chase Elliott, right? Yeah. I mean, so you have, you have a big name like Larson, but outside of outside of that, when was the last time that happened? I don't in I I they don't first and I do want to cover my bases here with the people that might be a new listener. That was a joke. Uh Chase didn't make the A. But going back, like I don't think teams go to the Chili Bowl to make money. The goal has never been there to make money. It's about prestige uh in name for either your team or that driver um there have been drivers that gain a great amount of popularity i think rico abreu's rico abreu i always get his name screwed up i do think he's got uh a lot of his popularity off winning the chili bowl nationals and that's what got him into nascar and that was a big thing then um Christopher Bell a little bit too, uh, but I don't know if Bell was solely just the Chili Bowl thing. So it's very much prestigious to win. You beat 335 of the best drivers in the world in a midget. And that's always going to be very impressive no matter who does it and what they're doing it for. 
Uh, but I do think at, at some point the purse has to get bigger because you're trying to give back to fans and the event is growing in popularity, right? So I don't think you can... Obviously, other expenses go up, but the public one, the the one that everybody sees is the driver's purse at the end of the day. And that's the only public expense that anyone expects to see, looks for, or is going to say anything about. So obviously, you know, you're on the wrong side of, I don't know, the Apple. I keep making up these damn sayings that don't exist. You're not in, you know, that's not favorable towards you, right? But you got to know that like, that's something that people are looking at. And it's, a big thing that it increases a little bit every few years. Yeah. I just think with the way that, that things are going business wise, you know, on a business relations standpoint, this doesn't do anybody any, any benefits by only increasing the winner's purse so much, you know, throughout the years when they only are doing little bits at a time for, for this to make a sustained longevity deal moving forward, because people are going to take, take this into consideration now, you know, it's, it's one of those deals. You look at what happened in uh, like college sports and, and in particular in college football, we didn't see people sitting out bowl games if they were top, 10 draft picks and now we're seeing all draft picks sit out bowl games across the board and, and you know are you saying bowl games point, should be a thousand to start too oh i'm saying that i agree making business decisions and you know at this point some these teams have to start making business decisions uh that you know whether it whether it be the, the longevity of the event or the prestige of the event doesn't matter if it's not going to be business oriented and, and beneficial from a business standpoint, people are going to start backing out. Yeah, you're definitely right there. I think we hammered that pretty well. Um, NASCAR wise, Christopher Bell becomes the 14th different winner uh, in the cup series. Damon told me he's watched every lap of the race and then went back and rewatched it again. Damon, your thoughts. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm just giving great, great race. Lobster was uh, looking really good. Um, that's about it. Yeah. It was, there was not a lot that went on. What did you think about Brad sweet? Uh, kind of jumping in the air, like a monster truck like that. Yeah. Um, just, just nuts things, <laughs> things, things that you don't see. <laughs> oh man. Um, I would say New Hampshire was good. I think, uh, I think the racing was all right for a while there. It looked like the leader was going to be at least put this into, let's at least put this into perspective for people. So I watched I all of 14 laps. I thought they understood it. Entire... I thought they got it. No, I, I don't, I don't think that you're good. No, you, you um, explain it, explain where you were at. Basically. I've watched all of four laps, five of them from the cup race, and nine was because of that late race caution of the Kings Royal. And that's the only reason I got to watch 14 total laps this weekend. So I am currently in the parking lot of a bowling center recording this uh, because 
I am in Grand Rapids, Michigan, recruiting at one of the biggest uh, youth bowling tournaments across the entire world. Uh, I had kids from Massachusetts, Alaska, Hawaii, and Florida all at my table on Saturday and everywhere in between. Um, Saw about over 200, 300 kids, and I've seen probably close to 70 or 80 kids um, here today alone. Uh, on Monday as we're recording, I think it is. Um, and it's, so I've been spending from seven to about 11 at night, 7 AM to 11 PM in a bowling center the last four days. That's awesome. Dude's dude's dedicated to his job and, uh, turning the Columbia, uh, women's bowling program into a powerhouse. It's coming soon. I like that a lot. Dude, get to the Alaska one and ask him about the four wheeler streets. Well, that's going to be a thing now. Like that's actually going to have to happen. Plus the Hawaii one, I would not mind going to Hawaii as well. On a <laughs> trip. Um, so that would be fun. Uh, yeah. It's been, it's been a really good week. Um, I'm pretty sure we've had, we had somebody from every state stop at the table this week uh, on Saturday. There was over, 900 kids that that entered into the collegiate bowling um portal that they put together to give all the coaches so that was um was really cool the only thing that really sucked about this entire trip was the six hours that i sat in meetings yesterday from one to six uh one to seven and it was awful it was absolutely atrocious did it help you at all um, it helped me some, the shorter meeting actually helped me more than the longer meeting. Makes sense. Yeah. Generally, generally. So outside that, uh, I fly home tomorrow morning. Um, been a, been a really good trip. And so anyway, uh, I have not seen hardly any racing. And to be quite honest with you, I don't even know who won drag racing this weekend. Tony Stewart's team got their first ever, uh, top fuel win. That's good because they're three behind their funny car team. Ooh. That just means Ron Katz isn't doing his job. Keep him out of victory lane, Ronnie. <laughs> I think he's trying. It's just All right. If working. Antron Brown wasn't there, then probably cheer for Tony's team. But, you know, got to stick with my buddies. <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. So Christopher Bell becomes the 14th different winner in NASCAR this year. Still have a road course remaining on the schedule, too, actually, uh, plus Daytona. It's very realistic. We could reach my dream of 16. It's also very, very realistic that the Daytona 500 winner would then miss the playoffs. Is he the lowest in the points? I think he is right now. Let me... I knew he put together a few good runs going into New Hampshire and he was starting to make his way up the list. I wasn't sure if he was the low man on the totem pole still or no. Wouldn't Denny be? Isn't Denny lower than, than Cindric? Uh, Denny has two wins. Oh, that's right. Oh, Cindric's way up from where I thought he was. I was going to say, I thought, thought he was chase briscoe's the lowest right now at 465 
Tyler Reddick at 474, Suarez at 479, Kurt Busch at 485, and Cindric at 489. So there's still a lot of movement that could be had there. Um, but yeah, I mean, same, you know, same type of difference, but it doesn't, it doesn't change until it gets to another spot down, uh, especially with Blaney still not having a race win. I think he's, he'll be in it more than ever. He's in the last spot or the, he's in 15th right now, last spot above the bump spot. So we'll see. Um, I just think this has created intrigue, you know, whether, whether you like the format or not, and I'm being hypercritical of my own statement from earlier, this is how NASCAR's wanted to do the playoffs. This hasn't, I think it's only occurred in one season that there were 16 winners in 26 races in the first 26. So it would be a rarity. It still could happen. It might not happen. Uh, but the next six weeks are certainly going to get pretty dicey uh to say the least so i'm excited for that what i was going to say about the racing is it looked like for an amount of time and damon you didn't see this but i from what you'll hear you'll probably it had shades of the 550 package i guess when the leader like if you had clean air you were just going and the leader was getting that jump and i think teams either figured out the car or you just had dynamic driving talent take over later in the race uh chase elliott made the first like on track green flag chase someone down past them pass and then bell just kind of followed what elliott did elliott had passed christopher bell to get into the top three i think then he passed lugano and he gets into the lead and then Christopher Bell comes up, takes second place pretty quick, and then he chases down Chase Elliott, passes him with 41 laps to go. The race stays green the whole way out. There wasn't a NASCAR saw debris on the track and wanted a late race restart like people claimed that they were going to see, which I thought was ridiculous. They haven't done that in eight years. Um, yeah, and Christopher Bell talented his way into a win, and I, I'm super proud of him. Just and I'm, I don't know the guy. I haven't watched him race for longer than five years six years right but it's cool when you see a young dude with talent uh get something that could help him break through in his career uh so that's i thought it was pretty cool from that aspect of things and it turns out that that switching of the pit crews from bell to uh bubba wallace and trading some guys bell finished first wallace finished third so podium finish for both of them i think you take that every day yeah, um, from from the Bell side of things, you know, this is a guy that, let's be quite honest, he's fighting for his legitimacy as a Cup Series driver in that ride. He's won a lot of races in that ride compared to the previous couple of guys that have sat in the 20 car, uh, excluding Matt Kenseth. But, um, you know, the, the you look at it from – from Bell's standpoint, he knows what's coming behind him. And he knows that there's only so many rides that are going to be open. And for him to get a renewal contract with Joe Gibbs moving forward, he's got to do this on a regular basis. And so for him to truly go and win a race and not, you know, 
I don't want to say luck into a, into a win or, you know, be at the right place at the right time kind of situation uh, for him to truly go and win a race. Yeah. You, and you can't, uh, yeah, you can't that, take that that's away. That's a big step in the right direction. Right. Yeah, like you can't step in the right direction. So if you, if you ask me like, how would I dissect his first cup series win? just for reference here, not in fandom or anything, but Chase Elliott was handed an unfair penalty in that race. And that's how Christopher Bell inherited the lead. Now, was he one of the top two fastest cars on the track that entire race weekend? Yes. And he was very good, but I thought Chase was pretty, pretty better. And I lost some money on that race. I'm still not happy about it. And it was a surprise win that Christopher Bell got it, but you can't take this one away. Chase, Chase was, was dead on. No, no, he, he out everybody there. And let's be quite honest. You mentioned it on the last show. Uh, Chase Elliott's probably the, the best driver in the circuit right now, as far as the, the current time period being two out of the last three entering the weekend. And, uh, he drove around him and, and, and took the win. So, uh, yeah, good, good for bell. And it's, I think this win is bigger, um, for his legitimacy as a driver moving forward. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. And chase fourth straight podium dude's killing it right now. Um, and I think he has shown his talent. The thing is with all the parody we've seen this year, like no one's really shown their, insanely dominant yet so but i you know chase elliott's gonna have if as long as there's no late regular season collapse here he's gonna have a big lead entering the playoff rounds he's gonna have a big cushion um and again as long as you don't have a really really bad race along the way i think chase is probably the first kind of favorite for the championship four if i can start speculating that i know i started speculating the 16 winners way too early so i'm just going to keep talking my ear off on predictions until i get 17 wrong in a row yeah well you might as well just keep counting <laughs> I, I can usually go one for 15 pretty well well i don't i don't like how much money you're making then I've got Ryan Timms and Landon Castle winning uh, Xfinity and World of Outlaws races this year. I said those both just in case there's unique circumstances where they trade cars. Just want that out there. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I think people will understand, I mean, the regular series that they're in right now. But just in case, just in case I, anything happens. I, I think they do. No, I think they do too. I think they're questioning your sanity regardless. Yeah, that's fair. They'll see me someday. I'll be a prophecy. Uh, <laughs> nah, I sound pompous. It'll be something. It'll be something. Real, uh, real quick over in IndyCar, uh, there's rumors and basically it sounded like threats from Alex Palou that he wasn't going to race last week for Chip Ganassi. He ended up with a sixth place finish yesterday behind points leader and teammate Marcus Erickson. I thought that was interesting. He was sitting there for 14 laps and his crew said, don't panic, don't panic. You got to go past him though. He's the points leader. He didn't pass him, you know, don't, I'm not like reading into it or trying to overhype that, but I thought it was interesting that going into the weekend, there was rumors that he might not even drive for him this weekend. Yeah which I, that's gotta be like a legal breach of contract somewhere. Oh, a hundred percent. 
you know and then what what's the contract situation for next year like well they still don't know exactly it's it's insane and he even he wouldn't say anything on the broadcast too he's like you know i've said what i said i don't know i i don't know i don't know who i'll be driving for next year and yeah i just i think it's insane that this is like a question i would think if they have the team if it's the team team's option they regain his rights for that season and then he could then sign with or he would then have to race for chip ganassi or breach the contract which i don't know what goes into that or what or arrow mclaren was you know ready to pay every i was gonna say every every contract has a number that you can buy out of obviously chip ganassi is going to raise that number now because he has that ability if that team option is in play which by what i have read sounds like it's in play for for 23 i think it was a two-year deal signed in in 21 at the beginning of the year and so i I don't know this is it's going to be a train wreck i think is the best way to put it yeah i'm uh i'm interested to see how it plays out obviously um we'll be at iowa speedway this weekend and we're gonna we'll see how it plays out there too yeah so are you gonna ask the question or am i we'll see who's speaking all right sounds good i I don't think Palou's gonna give us anything more you know well, we just need to go ask Chip. We just got to go ask the big man himself. That's big guy to big guy. That's all you. All right. Sounds good. I'll <laughs> find him. You'll find him. Well, if he doesn't want to answer, yeah. I'll That's a, this is some real role reversal we've done on the podcast, Damon. I'm usually the guy offering. Well, I mean, let's be quite honest here. I, I don't mind fighting fighting people if I have to. I don't like to do it, but, you know, if Chip's going to be stubborn, I'll uh, I'll push back. I'll right. knock down the door. That's fair. We're gonna get what we can for you. I've been around a lot of egotistical people this week, so <laughs> I, I can take it. That's good. That just means these people act like so much more out of pocket than I do. That's good for me in the long run. Oh. Damon's tolerance levels you, for Connor just went way up. No, no, they're still the same. My By comparison. My tolerance for other people went down. Oh, that's good. So I see where you we have opposite sliding scales there. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm trying to make sure I didn't miss anything else from the weekend uh that was really touching to get to. Um or pressing, I guess rather for Oh, I do have one. I do have one that I did see. Go for it. Shout out to Corden, Iowa native Jack Wyatt on not only winning one round out in Denver by beating Matt Hagen head-to-head, beating Tony Stewart's driver in a head-to-head race at, uh, at the NHRA event out in Denver. He ended up going to the semifinals because there was a 14-car field and the winner of the Hagen-Wyatt matchup got an automatic bye to the semifinals. So... Jack Wyatt, Iowa native, is in a semifinal in Denver and ended up getting beat, but uh, got to give a shout-out to, to old buddy Jack. Are they a small team? 
Jack is a, he owns his own car, own operation, drives his own stuff. They have a truck and trailer. Uh, basically, it is the drag racing equivalent to pulling in on a flatbed compared to some of the other teams. Let's, so, uh, let's get him on. Then, I'll see what we can do. He's a busy guy because he does a lot of crewing on other cars. Helps out with some other teams across, but um, I will. I'll reach out to Jack and see what we can do. That's awesome. It's always good to hear you know stories like that and cool to kind of see them come to fruition. And at his some point, first, in- uh, it was his first round win since Brainerd in like two thousand and I want to say like two thousand. 14 or something like that jesus so they just like rate like do they qualify for all the races no they don't go to every race they go to mainly the midwest races oh okay well that makes a little more sense yeah yeah so they they went out to ohio and tried to qualify out there uh they'll go to obviously they went to denver they'll go to topeka and to brainerd and probably to indianapolis um i i would assume they'll go to those those events as well but uh jack's been in the sport for a long time he's won ihra championships and uh is always always a guy that you can count on he used to crew on some other cars in the nhra and and he'll help out every once in a while but very smart man and uh one of the match racing legends in the state of Iowa, him and him and Vern Motes and Dale Creasy, who's from Illinois. They all, all ran a lot of uh, match races back in the day. And uh, uh, yeah, Jack's a, Jack's a big, a big name in the state of Iowa and funny car racing. It's so crazy. Just how many like faucets of old racers there are. Like between hearing like yeah. stuff from Chris and you, um, the ones my dad says, like I knew cause like I knew him when he was telling me about them in the first place, but just walking around and hearing all this stuff, especially like old sprint car guys and, you know, things you hear from people. It's insane. Yeah, it is. And you learn of people every day. It's the nice thing about it. All right. Well, thank you all for listening uh, to this episode of the podcast, as always, uh, presented by Carl Auto Group. Please uh, go buy a shirt. Uh, if you like what we do, uh, if you want to support us, that's the best way to get there. Uh, just head to our social media accounts, links in the uh, pinned tweet. I might just put it in the bio. I don't know what the better result is for that. I don't know how many people click on us for which one, but new shirts are out um if you have anything that you really want to see or something like shoot me a message and we'll try to get something put together if it's good don't send me bad ideas like chase elliott fans suck well that's because you feel offended by that i'm just saying like don't don't send me any bad ideas you're you're offended because of it i don't get offended damon connor you're offended because you're a chase elliott fan no, 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 no. Unbiased journalist here. I'm a Landon Castle fan, if anything. Okay. Right. Who's the best driver of all time? I don't even I don't say Chase Elliott. I say Mike Lynette, like a normal human being. Okay. Now the only guy to fair. ever win at Daytona and also play in the USHL. Do you know how many USHL games that Kyle Larson has started? Big fat zero, Damon. Big fat zero. Okay, all right. Well, 
Um, this is this is the point in the show that you probably should have stopped talking. I like that it's still going, and I haven't hit stop yet. Well, you're going to have to hit stop sooner than later. Enjoy the rest of your week, guys. I'm gonna, we're going to have a guest on Wednesday. I won't tell you who it is. We're going to get something uh, set up with this guy, and we're going to have him. Uh, I, I just cut out half our guest pool there. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah, that's on me. All right. Well, it's a surprise. Uh, we will see you guys later this week. Um, shooting for Thursday morning. Could be Friday morning, but plan for Thursday. We're going to get back on schedule here and uh, tell Damon good job on recruiting. He's going out and being a little Matt Campbell out there. So I, I got to keep up with the, keep up with the Joneses, man. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening guys. Appreciate it.